Hello and welcome to AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Mike Matsuda, superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And the Future Talks are really all about the now, here and now, and, and everybody is concerned about the future of work and jobs. What are school districts, what are colleges doing to prepare our young people for the world of work? Because we know that the uh, pandemic is uh, really damaged our economy and uh, it's done a lot of uh, things to make us all have to change to keep up with the future of work. And uh, today we have a very special guest, Rahul Gupta, senior trial deputy who works at the Orange County District Attorney's Office. Rahul is a national expert in the area of cyber crime and fraud. And we had Mr. Gupta uh, address our parents, teachers, and some students about three years ago on this important vital issue as we grew the region's major cybersecurity pathway at Magnolia High School. Currently, it's uh, considered to be one of the best pathways in cybersecurity in partnership with Cypress College, with Cal State Fullerton and the UCI Computer Science Department, as well as some major corporate partners. And we are pushing out state-of-the-art training for our young people in cybersecurity. So I'm very curious, because this is a very cutting edge, high demand field, Rahul. And I think for our audience, which are primarily our students, our 30,000 students, their parents and families and all of our stakeholders, uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up where you are as one of the national experts in this area. Sure, well, thank you very much for having me and I really appreciate uh, being here and I appreciate the work that you've done here in Orange County to really advance uh, not just technology as a whole, but specifically cybersecurity awareness in the curriculum uh, throughout your district. You know, I can say uh, the reason that I'm here is what I think most people would say uh, as a result of the uh, perseverance and hard work of my parents. They really instilled in me in a very early age the importance of education. Now, I will tell you, like I think many students out there, I, I always didn't take their advice and that I was somewhat of a late bloomer, uh, but I definitely did find my way after a while. But I think the key for me was finding something that I was interested in. You know, when I was in high school, they still had classes like woodshop, industrial arts, and computer programming was just starting. So I was able to take classes and things that I really liked. I liked working with my hands, and I liked figuring out how things work. Uh, and at that early age, computer programming was something that I was really interested in. I liked playing video games. Uh, I just liked the new technology that was out there. And I think many young people gravitate towards what is new and what is exciting and what technology can do because it really enhances your imagination and your thinking outside the box of the possibilities of what the future can hold. And I see a lot of that in children today. When you look at technologies like the iPhone uh, or different other technologies that we have, like streaming services and streaming audio, it really captivates those young people and their young minds, and they're really entertained by that. And what I would suggest is to take that interest that you have as a young person and push that forward and start thinking about 
well, if I like this and I enjoy this now as a consumer or as a student, could I possibly do this as a career? And for me at that time, although I did like computers, I didn't really see a future in that because the technology and the companies, they weren't really advanced as they are today. So I gravitated towards things like history and English. I really enjoyed reading. I liked public speaking. And that led to me pursuing a history degree, which led to me going to law school. Uh, but I will say this, when I got my first job in the legal field, uh, I was a little bit, uh, not disappointed, but when you actually get the job that you think you're preparing for, it can be oftentimes be different than what you envisioned. Obviously, when you watch television, you envision what it's like to be a lawyer and going to court and doing all these things. Uh, but you know, working in the corporate world is oftentimes different than what you first believe. So I actually took a little detour after my first legal uh, position, and I went and I worked at an internet company for a few years. And again, that rejuvenated me in terms of my interest in technology. And I had the fortunate um, opportunity to be part of the initial dot-com revolution. And that was a wonderful experience. I worked for a small web design company that was being purchased by a very large international um, staffing company. And we were positioned to offer services to Fortune 500 companies from both the front-end side and the back-end systems integration. So basically a one-stop shop for all technological needs for a corporation. And that experience really allowed me to gain insight as to how technology, not just on a personal level and on an entertainment level, really has transformed the workplace and what that means for our future in terms of students. And understanding that now in the world that we live in today, Technology is as vital a skill as reading, writing, and arithmetic. You really, as a student today, have to really have a skill in technology. And at a basic level, what does that mean? For example, you should be proficient in using Microsoft Word, using Microsoft Excel, uh, understanding how to search things on the internet. Those are just your fundamental basic skills that every student should have. But beyond that, looking more now towards the future, what is it that you need to be aware of? After I left my uh, internet job, I came to Orange County and started my career uh, as a criminal prosecutor for the Orange County District Attorney's Office, from, for which I've worked now for almost 17 and a half years. And so, Mike, I feel like my career has come full circle now because now I'm back doing technology again as a cybercrime prosecutor and also working with our body camera uh, program. So my career has kind of come full circle starting off with things that I really enjoyed uh, in terms of computer programming and uh, video games, now coming to a position where I'm holding accountable those people that use those technologies for uh, doing, uh, for committing crimes. What I would say for young people today in terms of cybersecurity and cyber technology is that with all the advantages that technology provides us, there are some risks. And some of those risks obviously can be uh, criminal activity, but they can also be some other risks, which is just basic personal digital identity. You know, when I was growing up and, you know, some of the skills that you'd learn about the real world would be when you get to the street corner, you look both ways. Today in our society, when we look at the digital world, when we enter onto the information highway, that is the internet, sometimes we're not taught which way to look, which links to click, and which places to go. So again, going back to basic fundamental skills, employers are looking for employees that have good cybersecurity skill sets. And what does that mean? That means when they hire someone, 
They want to make sure that you have the basic cybersecurity awareness not to click on malicious links, not to download malware, not to do something that would jeopardize the overall network of the company that you're working for. So again, when you start looking at these skills, basic fundamental skills of word processing, Excel, using the internet, doing research, basic cybersecurity skills of being safe on the internet. These are some of the basic skills I think students need to start to learn as they move their way through their academic career. What, what, Rahul, why is that? Why should people really care? And how big of a problem is this whole cyber fraud and cybersecurity? So that's a great question. You should care for two reasons. Two reasons. What we kind of say within the, uh, the criminal justice system and law enforcement is we say safe at work means safe at home. So the things that we practice in law enforcement in terms of making sure that we're safe when we do investigations and we're collecting evidence really translates to that also being safe at home. So what do I mean by that? To answer your question, as an individual growing up today, one of the most important things that you should cherish and you should protect is your digital identity. And what does that mean? What that means is when you go online, you should not be giving up your personal information. For example, your, your name, your date of birth, your social security number, your address. The reason for that is in today's world with technology, someone halfway around the globe in a foreign country could use that personal information of yours to commit a cyber crime either in your name or impersonating you or just using your personal information to do something that benefits them for which you may have to then take corrective action for. So many people out there, if you own a credit card or you have a credit card, may have gotten an alert saying, hey, did you make this charge in this location at this time? Text back yes or no. And oftentimes, you know, you text back no, and you really don't worry about it because the bank assumes the responsibility. However, as we move forward in our lives, so much of what we do on a daily basis involves digital technology. You have to sign up for an account for almost anything, for your Netflix, for your Spotify, for your gym membership, to pay your bills online. So a lot of digital information is being created on a daily basis for which you need to protect. Because as that information becomes more available, it really is the honeypot for cyber uh, criminals to use that information to create fake accounts, to open fake credit cards, to open fake um, um, uh, user profiles that then would take advantage of your personal identity. So how big of a problem is this if you were to put a dollar amount on this? Because uh, what you're, I, I, you know, I really appreciate your message to our young people because I don't think they really have an, any idea of this problem by, by, by identity theft. But your, your job um, as working in the district attorney's office is really helping to uh, monitor and prevent this type of cyber crime. How, how big of a problem is it in terms of uh, affecting our economy? Unfortunately, it is a huge problem. And uh, on the one hand, I want to commend you for all the work that you've done. And as Orange County as a whole, we are ahead of the curve when it comes to technological resources for our students. Unfortunately, living in California, based on FBI statistics, California has the most cyber victims out of any state in the United States. Also, we've suffered the most financial loss out of any state in the United States. So 
Although we are leaders in technology, both in Silicon Valley and here in Orange County through our education system, we are also the number one target for cyber criminals around the world. So it's even more important for our students here in Orange County to be cyber safe because we unfortunately are being targeted by nefarious actors around the world. In terms of a dollar value, just in one cyber crime segment, something called business email compromise, BEC, uh, which is someone, when someone tries to impersonate someone else, sends a fake email to get someone to send money out, just that one crime, just that one crime, the FBI estimates over a five-year period of time, we've lost over $12 billion to that crime. So the amounts of money that we're talking about are very, very high. And one of the things that I'd like to convey to the students out there is you are used to recognizing threats in the physical world. For example, when you go and you're walking late at night and you hear a sound, your instincts are aware. Your situational awareness is heightened to say, wait a second, I heard a sound. Maybe I should watch out for that. When you're on the school playground and you know that there's a bully on the playground and you say, hey, I'm going to avoid that area because I know there's a bully in that area, your situational awareness takes over. Unfortunately, with cybercrime, our situational awareness is oftentimes very low because we're usually sitting in our own house, in our own bedroom, scrolling through our emails. And if we see some email that maybe looks like it's from someone that we know, we don't feel that this is necessarily a threat to us because we're inside our house, we're using our device, and it's just an email. Unfortunately, that cyber threat can lead to quite a great financial harm. Uh, oftentimes here in Orange County, people that are investing in real estate or purchasing their home for the first time, they're often victimized by getting a fake email for the wiring instructions for their residents. And oftentimes they can lose their, lose their whole life savings because they sent, the they sent their financial information to the wrong place. So for students out there, how this, they, could, they might see this happen is, Oftentimes, if you're playing a video game, right, in video games, you can earn certain rewards, whether that's coins or whether that's points or whether that's something. Very often in a chat room on a video game, someone may approach you and ask you to join their team or send you a link to say, hey, click here and find out more about our team. Come play with us. Oftentimes, that link could be malicious. And the reason they want you to download that link is so that they could access your user profile and take your points or your coins or your rewards that you've worked really hard to build up on within that video game atmosphere. So really this is something to be on guard at all times because now every day we are more and more connected to the internet. If you look at some of these smart devices, you can have everything from your fridge, your television, your thermostat, your, uh, your air conditioner, all connected to the internet. And any device that is connected to the internet comes with that a certain amount of cyber risk because anything connected to the internet can be taken advantage of by a cyber criminal that may live around the world. And that is one of the challenges that we have is that because California is targeted so much by cyber criminals uh, and they live in, or they may reside in a jurisdiction where we can't necessarily prosecute them, keeping up with cyber crime is a very difficult challenge for law enforcement. Uh, and we need as much assistance from our community as possible. So if students start becoming more cyber aware at a younger age, it helps prepare them not only to be good employees for their company, 
but it helps them to to prevent them from being a cyber victim as they get older. So it seems like uh, many, this growing problem is also creating an opportunity for job growth. In fact, at Magnolia High School, now we have students with just a high school diploma and a few cybersecurity classes they took in partnership with Cypress College, they're graduating and getting jobs like at places like Hulu in cybersecurity at 50 or $60,000. So it's pretty, I think it's, it's just an area that's just growing phenomenally in terms of uh, jobs and that did not exist four or five years ago. So can you just talk about the, the job market in cybersecurity? 100%, Mike, that, that your, your description is an underestimate. They, the cybersecurity space right now is so desperate for qualified applicants. Uh, they estimate, I believe, that in the next four to five years that there's going to be three million job opportunities in cybersecurity. It is such a fundamental uh, job opportunity because every company, every company uh, needs to secure their data. And to do that, they need to have those professionals that have that expertise. And unfortunately, we don't have enough of those people today. So any, any student out there who even has any type of interest in the internet, you know, you already know some basics of cybersecurity, which is, you know, you need a username and a password to log in somewhere. And you know by now, hopefully, uh, if you're a student, that the stronger your password is, the harder it is for someone to get into your account. Those are the basic skills that you would then develop and build on if you went into the area of cybersecurity, because you would be help, you would be helping to protect the company's data and making sure that the employees are doing things according to uh, the proper procedures of the company. And why is this so important? I'll give you an example. One of my good friends who works in Silicon Valley, I asked him, hey, what are some things that we should be teaching children uh, in technology? What, what language should we teach them? You know, should we Python? Should it be Java? What coding should we teach? And he had a really interesting take on it. He said, you know, in the future, we're probably going to be able to teach computers how to code. So we won't need as many coders. I said, that's really interesting. So what will you need? And he said, well, we're definitely always going to need someone who can fix the computer that teaches people how to code and protect the data that is coded. And I said, oh, okay, that's really interesting. So really, as computer technology evolves, it can replace many of the well-paying jobs that we all think of in the future, right? But the one thing that will never be displaced, never be displaced, is the ability to protect the data that is produced and also the ability to repair the infrastructure that we need to make sure that the business is running. So cybersecurity and cyber technology are those two areas that are just going to continue to grow and grow because technology continues to develop and we are more reliant on technology to, for our everyday lives. So if you have any interest in, in technology, in cybersecurity, in, in data security, it is really a robust field for any age. And this is the one unique area that I would tell you, Mike, that is really exciting, I think, for young people. At a very young age, I've seen as young as 12, you can get a certificate in cybersecurity because everything you need to know is available on YouTube videos for free. 
And you can start educating yourself at a very young age so that by the time you graduate high school, even if you didn't take advantage of the robust programs that you offer in your district, you could learn for yourself just using YouTube videos and be ready to enter the workforce right out of high school. Wow, great advice for young people. We only have time for maybe one more quick question. You had, uh, you and I were talking about this documentary that came out, uh, The Social Dilemma. Could you uh, just maybe make a plug for that and why that might be worthwhile watching for our audience? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's a lot of students out there that maybe they use the internet frequently, they use apps on their phone frequently, but they don't necessarily think about their digital identity and their digital privacy. Uh, and whether you're a student or whether you're a parent, I think this movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma would be very insightful for anyone of any age because it really explains how the tech companies provide services for free, but in reality, your digital information, your digital habits, your digital identity, and your attention are really what is motivating them to build these services for free for you because that is really what the product is. And how these services manipulate your own behavior to keep you coming back more and more to use their services is something that everyone should be educated on because it really is changing the way we live, the way we think, the way we interact with each other, and really transforming our society. And the bonds that we used to have that would bring us together are somewhat being torn apart and these technologies have a lot to do with it. So not just from a personal level in terms of how to protect your personal privacy and your personal data, but just from a community level, I think it's a very good documentary to watch, to educate yourself on how to balance the use of technology in our personal and our work lives with also the balance between our own natural social interaction and communication. I will say that the COVID crisis has kind of heightened our reliance on you know, technology and, and prevented us from interacting person to person. But hopefully, you know, uh, as, as a vaccine comes out and we can get back to normal and, and, and rebuild these personal interactions and bonds, uh, that, that we can kind of overcome some of this. But definitely while you're at home right now, you know, and if you have a Netflix account, I highly recommend watching uh, The Social Dilemma because it can really give you a fundamental understanding of how technology um, can be used both for good and for, for bad. Rahu Gupta, thank you so much for being our guest on AUHSD Future Talks. Um, very, I could spend hours with you, but uh, I really appreciate your advice to our young people, and especially about the importance of not being hacked personally, right? And, uh, and just having the disposition and the mindset about how the artificial intelligence and in the world of cybersecurity, how it can be used for good and for bad in society. So thank you again so much, Rahul. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and I appreciate all the work that you've done. Uh, you are really a leader uh, in this area. And I commend you for all that you've done in assisting our young people uh, in being better prepared for the future and for their careers. Thank you so much.